Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. The question we all have to answer for ourselves, and in fact one that Jesus asked his disciples about, was who do the people say I am? Who do we say Jesus is? Leading New Testament scholar Dr Paul Barnett had no background in church life, none at all. And in his teens, in his 20s, he struggled with, is the New Testament true? The Gospels in particular, which document Jesus' life. After a bachelor's and honours degree at Moore College, being appointed a junior tutor in his 20s, and then studying classical Greek and ancient history at the University of Sydney, he was able to come to a conclusion. And actually it was in the course of ancient history studies, in fact quite early on, that I realised what a treasure we have in the historical documents of the New Testament. In particular that uh, they have been so faithfully transmitted over the centuries so that we have in fact almost 99% accurate accuracy to the original autographs um, but equally that they were written so close to the historical figure of Jesus whereas the other people I studied in ancient history there was a, a lead time of sometimes hundreds of years yes. between the individual Alexander the Great or someone like that <clears throat> and the document and the documentation so in a sense uh, it was uh, studying these these texts uh, in a secular way without a hint of any reference to Christ or Christianity that um, the, my basic question was was answered wow so although I hadn't didn't have any background in history at all to that point I uh, that, that that has now become a kind of um, personal interest it's you know it's both work and a hobby if i can put it like that yeah the ancient writers the ancient historians who were outsiders like tacitus mm -hmm. and josephus yes the three main sources are pliny who wrote uh, just in the first part of the second century he was a governor of a roman province near the black sea and he gives quite a considerable description of uh, the meetings that Christians had and what they believed and stuff like that, which coheres with the New Testament picture of people worshipping Jesus. Yeah. Um, Tacitus, who was a friend of Pliny, he, he wrote about the same time. He was a governor of an adjoining province in Roman Asia, and he is the most distinguished of the Roman historians and our chief source for Roman history in that era. And we're talking first century AD. Yes, he's the chief source uh, of, of the century of Christ, although quite a lot of his text is, has never been recovered, it's been lost. But Tacitus, in, in his narrative of the uh, fire of Rome, which destroyed three quarters of the city, um, he has an extensive section about uh, the Christians and how they are, took their origin from a man named Christ who was crucified or rather executed um, by Pilate in Jerusalem, and that the movement, which might have been expected to die with the death of the founder, in fact um, broke out like a disease and spread throughout the empire, including to Rome. And so Nero scapegoated these, uh, these Christians and blamed them for the fire. Really? So thanks to Tacitus, we have a, we have a splendid account of really the origins of Christianity and its spread of Christianity throughout the empire to Rome. And um, it's all the more useful because uh, Tacitus is, um, uh, he's hostile, he's a hostile source, but a very careful historian. 
and so it makes his, uh, his information in the annals of Imperial Rome uh, very important. The third, the third author, Josephus, um, the text has been contaminated by um, additions from well-meaning but foolish Christians oh, who, right. who've attempted to um, beef up the account. Right. But if you, if you remove the embellishments that they have inserted, you still have a residual picture that's completely coherent of Jesus as a, a rabbi and a teacher who was known to perform amazing deeds or miracles and who met his death at the hands of the Romans at the instigation of the Jewish hierarchy. So most scholars are prepared to accept that there is a core of historical information, valuable historical information. So what, what emerges from all of that is that there's nothing in those sources that sort of contradicts what we might call the raw information about the beginnings of Christianity, uh, who was the founder, what happened to him, what happened to the movement. Uh, the New Testament tells that story from the point of view of insiders, as it were, yeah. and the um, secular historians like Pliny and Tacitus and Josephus tell the story from the point of view of outsiders. So you, you really have got very solid grounds for believing the raw facts yes. as to the existence of Jesus, when and where and what happened and what happened next. And these three, they lived in that first century? Yes, they did. They lived through that first century. Mm. And do any of them talk about or refer to a resurrection? No. No. They don't, although Tacitus' reference to the movement breaking out afresh after the death of Christ is certainly consistent with. So the, the, the Christian would smile at that point in reading that and the Christian would say, well, Tacitus doesn't know why it broke out afresh. Yes, right, right. But we know it broke out afresh. Yes. And why? And why? And that was because of the resurrection. And uh, that, that, that's very significant because the first, in the first century, uh, first Jewish century, there were n numerous political and religious figures uh, like um, Judas the Galilean, like Theodos the prophet, like Simon Bar-Gioras, the patriotic leader. There were, there's a whole stack of these guys. Barabbas the revolutionist. Yeah, who, who um, were religiously motivated, who were nationalistic and who led movements um, against the Romans and against the, the priestly authorities. The fact is that it, without exception, when they were killed, that was the end of their movement. Yeah. And none of them, none of them have left any what we might call in-house literature from the movement. We only know about the movements from external, external information, chiefly Josephus, but the movements have died. People, people never heard of them today. Right. Because they're just, they're just a footnote in history, yeah, right. as it were. But on the other hand, you have this amazing explosion of, of missionary movements, which spread rapidly around the, 
Greco-Roman world, uh, which is attested by 27 pieces of literature which we call the New Testament, and which within 200 years, almost from very small beginnings, actually captured the Roman world. Yes. You cannot simply say it just happened no. without an impulse, and the impulse clearly is the figure of who Jesus was, and in, in particular the resurrection. If you have any idea of cause and effect, which you, sh you should be interested in, in anything to do with history, why things happened, for example, that you see a cause and, cause and effect in the fact that Captain Cook discovered the east coast of Australia, the British lost the penal colonies yeah. in North America, yeah. and bingo, we have the first fleet arriving here. Yes. The first fleet arrives here because of causation, the loss of the penal colonies in America and Captain Cook's discovery of the place. So, yes. you, you know, cause and history is all about cause and effect. You know, I remember essays at school, what were, the, what, what were the causes of World War I, for example? And this is what historians talk about, even at schoolboy level. You are peace, you are peace When my fear is crippling Jesus was a young man and um, uh, we have every reason to believe that his followers were approximately similar age. Mm -hmm. So they would have been, I don't know about John being a teenager, but uh, I, I don't know there's any way of knowing that. No, right. Uh, in the book that is attributed to him, he's ne he never calls himself John, he's only ever the beloved disciple. Yeah, I thought that was in interesting. That gospel. Yeah. Yes. But he actually opens it up with, in the beginning, was the Word. Mm. The Word was with God, mm. and the Word was God. Mm. And then he goes on to say, and the Word became flesh mm. and dwelt amongst us. Correct. And for him to have written that and have walked with Jesus, he must have seen something. Well, he, the, his gospel certainly claims to have been written by an eyewitness mm. um, who, who accompanied Jesus through those three to four years who heard what he had to say, who saw, saw what he did, including his miracles, listened to his debates with the religious authorities, heard and noted his own teachings, uh, was, was an actual witness of the crucifixion and the death, and also one of the, one of the two, who, two men who arrived at the uh, tomb and found, uh, and found the grave cloths there, but no Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so he is, um, yeah, certainly he's, his whole gospel is the testimony of an eyewitness. Yeah, when you say a testimony of an eyewitness, you mean himself, right? He was the, one, he was the eyewitness, yes. yes. Even though at the end, he does reveal it at the end of the book that he wrote, that he was the person who was writing all this. It, it's correct, yes, that's true. So he actually saw Jesus after he died as well. He yes. writes about that. Yes, had a conversation with him. Um, back in Galilee at the occasion when, um, when the fishermen had fished all night. And the traditional location of that incident is just a beautiful little beach which is called Mensa Christi, which is quite close to Capernaum. And I've visited it many times. And uh, on one occasion I was there, there was a school of fish it's just 50 metres from the shore. Really? And it was, of course, there are hot springs there and the fish congregate around the hot springs. 
and uh, it was exactly as the as John chapter twenty one describes. Really. Mm. So if we look at what John said, for example, you could, as an outsider, you could either say he was a lunatic for saying that he met Jesus and spoke to Jesus after this death, yeah. or he was telling the truth. Yes. And what I love about what Jesus did was he didn't just appear to one person. There's a record that says he appeared to, what, over 500 witnesses. Mm. And that was, I think... One of those reasons is for us today. Yes. It wasn't just one person. No, no, no. And what's more, in that uh, list of people that Jesus appeared to after the third day, um, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is a, which is a, little, a little formatted passage that Paul himself didn't compose, uh, but which, was, which, it, which arose in the first months, I suppose, in Jerusalem after the resurrection, um, and that Paul himself received and in turn passed on to other congregations that he established. The, the remarkable thing there is that in that list of appearances, there are actually names of people given. So you can go and check up. You can verify or falsify yes. this. And when you come to the gospel accounts um, of the, the death and the burial and the empty tomb and the resurrection appearances are recorded in the Gospels. You have names given of witnesses of these events, including, very significantly, a member of the Supreme Jewish Council, Joseph of Arimathea, who's a member of the Sanhedrin. So he's not a nobody. He's a, he's mm. a, he's a real heavy hitter, as it were, yeah. in Jewish society presumably by then a member of the early church, so that you can go and talk to this guy. You can go and... This is not, not urban myths, you know. You have an urban myth about, you know, the, the, the dangerous spider that's nested in some kid's dreadlock hairs and, um, you know, he, he, he went to hospital and died because of the spider. You know, it's an urban myth. Yeah. You know, don't, don't go looking for the hospital. Don't try and find out the name of the guy. Everybody knows it's a story. Yeah. But when you've got the names of people given, in particular the names of prominent people given, you can go and check up. And the, remember that the Gospels are written within a lifetime of the lifetime of Jesus. Yes. So it's not in the sort of ancient history. It's not in the never-never. It's, it's in the contemporary period. is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.